From Cobalt Headquarters in San Francisco, this is Humans of InfoSec, a show about real people, their work, and their impact on the information security industry. My name is Mike Shima, and I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Azure Cloud Advocate and Defender of Developers, Tanya Jenka. Tanya is a Senior Cloud Advocate for Microsoft, specializing in application security. She's been leading the open source project OOPS DevSlop, which hopes to take people into DevSecOps principles. It's one of the many resources she used to advocate for devs. Tanya also reaches out to devs through public speaking and various forms of teaching via workshops, blogs, and community events. As an ethical hacker, OWASP project and chapter leader, software developer, effective altruist, and professional computer geek of over 20 years, she's genuinely fascinated by the science of computer science. Tanya, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's fantastic to have you here. And I absolutely want to dive into this. So you work at Azure, but I think you're more than just a shade of blue. Um, your Twitter handle is SheHacksPurple. So purple, where, where did that come from? Um, so my username actually used to be SheHacksComputers. And uh, it turns out Twitter won't allow quite that many characters. And so I had to change it to something else. And I was like, oh, what am I going to change it to? And I'm a purple teamer. So I do red team things like I do pen testing or I did up until six months ago when I started this job. And then I also do tons of defense. Like uh, I'm super obsessed with teaching developers about application security and how they can write more secure code. So people kept telling me, oh, well, you're purple team. So I felt like she hacks purple. Uh, was a good replacement for Shiax computer. And then it turns out I look really cute with purple hair. So it really <laughs> works. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, as someone with blue hair, then um, I'll definitely endorse that <laughs> idea. I also like the idea. So, you know, she hacks purple. She also hacks people in a way because you're sort of talking about, you know, building, bringing that red and, red and blue teams together, building that awareness. So what have been some of the successful ways you found of helping those developers understand security or write better code or have that appreciation that, yeah, security is something we need to worry about? My very first job in security was incident response and kind of like a CISO role at a really small place. And I had to manage lots of incidents because we did absolutely no application security stuff there. <laughs> and after a few months, I wrote up this giant report and I was like, okay, we've had five types of incidents. And one of the types is application security. And all of these were totally easily avoidable. All, all of these are in like, well, I don't want to say what types of problems we had. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But anyway, they were software related. And I showed them how much it would cost them to let me start an AppSec program versus how much it costs us to manage all of those incidents. And there, and I had something like five or six months left in my contract. It was a two-year contract. And they said, you know what, Tanya, just go for it. And I taught all the developers about how to use Zap and how to scan things and, and all sorts of stuff. And all of the legacy apps, they got scanned. And since I'd been on the dev team before I started on the security team, there's a lot of high fives and a lot of like, teasing back and forth, like, look, Tanya, I only got Lowe's and Zap. Like, I kicked Zap's butt. I'm like, good, keep doing it. Or like, I opened up this legacy thing and I have like five pages of red. <laughs> and, and it really helped us because uh, the security team and the developers were sort of enemies. I remember being on the security team and at one point actually telling them uh, to F off because I was so pissed at them which is a long story, but they had done something that had really ticked off all the developers. I'm like, come on guys, come on. And so then I ended up bringing the two teams together quite a bit. And I 
sort of discovered, I guess, that my superpower, if that makes sense, is how to talk to developers and get them really interested in the security of software. Developers want to create awesome apps. Like when I was a developer, it took my first professional mentor who I apprenticed under like a year and a half to convince me to join InfoSec. I'm like, nothing is better than software development. <laughs> I will never leave. <laughs> but eventually, like, he showed me how to break so many things. I'm like, okay, this is pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of fun. That, that's pretty awesome because, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've heard you speak at a, several conferences and one of the underlying themes, and you alluded to it a bit there, was well, not quite telling people that, you know, the security team to back off a bit, but actually using that, uh, that positive feedback and actually working with developers. And I think I, you know, sort of that opposite attitude of developers are stupid. They don't know what security is and it's always their fault. As you've been doing this, you've been working with them and you even said bringing the teams together. Mm -hmm. What were some effective ways of actually doing that? So what, you know, what could somebody do to actually either avoid some toxic attitude or strategy might they bring to say, let's sit down and have a good time together making and breaking yeah. code? I, well, since it turns out I'm good at public speaking, I only started public speaking less than two years ago, but I used to be a professional musician for a long time. And I think that those skills transferred over, although I am now not allowed to hide behind a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I just, what I did was in my office, I used, I learned how to like do really basic hacking at first. And then I brought all the developer groups in. I just invited them. I'm like, come have like a little meeting with me and I'm going to teach you how to like choo -choo your apps and wouldn't this be cool? And then I showed them an SQL injection. They're all like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then I like, we talked about the code behind it and I just basically tried to lure them in by making it interesting and making it fun. And um, we had like little kind of contests with Otonia, I beat Zap and stuff. And so we just started having like more lunch and learns and more interactions with the developers, just inviting them. And we didn't make any of it mandatory. And there was this one team that was like, no, Tanya, we're not coming. Like we had five developer teams and one of them's just like, we're not coming, we're not coming. I'm like, that's okay. If you ever want to, you're always welcome. It's cool. I understand you're busy. And then, you know, maybe two or three months in, their manager is like, is that offer still open? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just let me know. Like, do you want to see this? Do you want to see that? And um, so we ended up going into, so we'd had an incident and it was over and everything was cleaned up. And we went onto the inside of the incident and like how we saw like the data move and, and everything. And they're just like, whoa, we want to see every lunch and learn you have. I'm like, yay. And they're like, we want it. We all want Zap. We want this. We want that. I'm like, awesome. So rather than making it mandatory, try to make it fun. And then I would invite them all to OWASP with me because I'm the OWASP chapter leader because I wanted to be able to see talks about things I wanted to learn about. <laughs> <laughs> so the secret is that if you volunteer for OWASP, you get to help encourage the topics. And I'm like, I want to capture the flag. I want to workshop on buffer overflow. I want this, I want that. And then you just get to make it happen. So I would tell them like, guess what we're doing this month? And then some of them would come and I also bribe people with pizza. That helps. I don't know if you know, but Canadians, we're like addicted to pizza. We really like it. Like we'll be like, we have pizza. And then people just like come out of nowhere. Like software developers disappear. Yeah. So I guess between, is that Canadian bacon and maple leaves? I'm not sure exactly what it is. <laughs> 
I'm sure there's a maple pizza somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. So the, the OWASP chapter, that, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I guess one thing is tell us more about like, what's it like to run a chapter as well as who can run a chapter? What would you say, you know, if I want to start a chapter someplace and I want to learn about buffer overflows and like yeah. drive people in, <laughs> into coming, what are some cool <laughs> things to think of doing or how, you know, what's the managing and creating and curating a chapter like? Um, so I was lucky when I joined my chapter, this guy named Sharif Kusa had already been running it for six or seven years by himself. Oh, wow. So uh, we had like between 80 and 100 people who belonged to our little mailing list. And I would go to the chapter meetings and, okay, so no offense to old white dudes, but it was just old white dudes that were super introverted. No one would speak and there, there were very few smiles. And I was like, why am I the only woman every month? And Sharif's like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I wish there were more women. He's like, me too. And I was like, well, how can we get more? And he's like, guess what, Tanya? If I say to a bunch of women, I wish there were more chicks in OWASP, there's just no way I'm not creepy weirdo dude. <laughs> Message is quite right, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, like, I had immediately started volunteering and I was like, can we have a capture the flag? And Sharif's way of running our chapter is the way like we've always run it. So his rule is you want it, you do it, you got it. So I'm like, I want to capture the flag contest. He's like, great you are in charge of it and like, let me know how I can help you make it a reality. And so I partnered with the library and um, we did like all these crazy things to get, uh, so I had to try out so many different CTFs. And since I was a beginner hacker, I'm like, oh my God, it's so hard, Shreve, it's so hard. He's like, no dude, that one's too easy. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we came up with like a beginner level and a harder level and he helped me get prizes. And he was like such a good shepherd for me in learning about how to be a leader in the community. But um, I went to Halifax for Atlantic SecCon. I don't know if you've been to it, but it is so fun. It's crazy, crazy, crazy fun. Um, I, I made them all sing like these Maritiner songs, like everyone, oh, okay. like everyone <laughs> singing, karaoke's happening whether you like it or not. And they all went along with it. There was like a priest who sang with us at karaoke. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, sorry, off topic. Yeah, so they didn't have an OAS chapter in Halifax, but a bunch of them are like, how do we start one? I'm like, I'll help you. And basically, you can contact uh, anyone from the OWASP staff or write me and I'll get you in contact with the right people. And so now they have an OWASP chapter, which is super cool. And OWASP will give you 500 bucks to help you start and buy pizza. And there's like a handbook on how to run a chapter and then they'll like support you. And then we have like this secret mailing list that is not secret. <laughs> <laughs> where um, you can write all the other 2,000 leaders in the whole world and all the project leaders and chapter leaders are on there and you're like I don't understand this or like how does this work and then all of us like fight each other to answer you because we're excited about a lot <laughs> um, and we share things like um, I wanted to do a trivia night because I suck at trivia because I never know I don't really watch that much TV and I'm just like out of the loop on pop culture. So I'm like, I'm going to make trivia where I win. And it was all like hacker trivia and AppSec questions and like questions about OWASP and stuff. Um, and we gave away free beer, which was pretty exciting because you, <laughs> you like beer. You think it's good? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And then like we got lots of new people. So I guess I just made my little presentation and then I went and gave my little intro to hack your own apps at every other meetup, especially all the women's meetups. And I was like, hey, 
I don't want to be the only woman. Could you please come to my meetup too? And now we have between 10 and 15% female participation at every meeting, which considering women only make up 11% of InfoSec is really good. If you go to a regular meetup with dudes, there's usually like one or two women out of 100. So over the past four years, since I've been one of the leaders, we've gone from under 100 to almost 1,000 people. That's awesome. That is great. And I love hearing that aspect too of how you're approaching it to say, you know, hey, I don't want to be the only one. And by the way, I don't want to be the only one learning about like a CTF or buffer overflows or this hacker trivia rather than just like, I don't want to be the only one who's a woman so that all the guys can like, I'm going to like explain to them what it's like to be a woman in InfoSec. It's you know, way getting off just that one narrow angle of what the topics could potentially be. I actually just started a meetup. Um, so I went to Israel a few months ago and they had this little meetup called Cyber Ladies and I spoke at it and it was just all women and it's anything cyber. So cool. anything to do with InfoSec, um, InfoSec wannabes, anyone, everyone's welcome if you're a woman. And um, they basically, uh, so I came back to Canada and I was like so excited about it. So we have like a ladies code meetup and I always just do InfoSec at them. <laughs> <laughs> and what we the ladies co-group do is we like crash boy meetups together so oh. i went to the ctf and i ended up making like an, a 12 woman ctf team and we actually made it into the news like twice people were so excited and we wore really cute outfits <laughs> and when we got flags we would like get up and dance and squeal <laughs> and we're just like being like one of them wore a hoodie and she's like, I thought I had to dress like a boy to fit in. I'm like, no, you can be anything you want. All you need to do is be interested in learning and about security and you're in. So yeah. Yes. Let's fight the hacker stock footage hoodie. Yes. <laughs> That's a great idea. And along that line too, you know, you you mentioned earlier you've been on stage before um hiding behind a guitar that's kind <laughs> of cool so you know people aren't you know people are more than just in their hoodie behind a keyboard obviously mm. tell us a little bit more about you know being a musician and how that helped you with public speaking today um when i was 14 years old i went by a garage sale and there was a guitar for sale and i love haggling like i love it <laughs> I will I will haggle with like anyone for any reason. And so I got them down to seven and a half dollars, which is completely ridiculous. Right? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, now I have to buy it. So I did. And then I spent like the next couple of years kind of learning how to play guitar. And then um, I played like an open state. I just like would write little songs in my basement. And most of my talks are like these weird things I have in my head. And I'm like, oh, I hope people like it. <laughs> and that's what my songs are. It's just like thoughts or emotions. It's kind of like free therapy for me that I do at audiences. <laughs> like, oh, my heart's broken. Or I have a crush on this person. They don't like me. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so I, I started playing shows and it was so terrifying. It was so scary. And I'd play my guitar and I'd sing and I'd be like, oh, and apparently people liked it. <laughs> and then I like recorded some songs so that I could give like little demos to people um, mm -hmm. so to ask to play at their bar. And then my friend's like, oh, can I, can I buy a copy of it from you? And I was like, oh, and he's like, you should just bring like one or two when you play a show. So then I sold like hundreds of copies and then I released like another album and then I actually sent it to radio stations and it had this magical song on it called Bush Can Eat My Bush. <laughs> 
that got played a surprising amount considering it's like my least musically fantastic song ever. Um, but I just make like political commentary and then, um, yeah, I released more albums. And then I, I would play like this weird folk music. People would often say I sound like Anita Franco, but with that hmm. more of the F word. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I started being in bands like, um, punk bands. And then at one point I was kind of in a post hardcore band. And then, um, and then I learned how to play drums so I could hide behind there. <laughs> I would, I started a band called Couch Rec and we have a music video that is completely and utterly ridiculous. And the Canadian government can have like quite a sense of humor sometimes. So um, it's a song called We Put the H in Ottawa about how everyone from Ottawa is so hot. (laughs) We have facts and proof and all of it's ridiculous and all of it makes fun of Ottawa and Canada. So at one point in the music video, me and my bandmate are like dancing in a snowbank with no pants on, freezing our asses off. And we're like, (laughs) Suffer for art. I like it. (laughs) And, And the city of Ottawa, official tourism office gave us all this amazing footage of like the parliament buildings and like helicopters and like mm. all the, and then the mayor of ottawa <laughs> is in the video and like our member of parliament like all these famous ottawaians are in it it's so ridiculous <laughs> so i guess this is now a goal for the OWASP chapters to start doing i guess <laughs> That, that we, we need to up the budget from $500, it sounds like. <laughs> well, we um, actually made the music video basically for free because my cousin works in film and did all the hard work, basically. And <laughs> all the community kind of got together and gave us stuff. It was really nice. That's and awesome. We made it, this ridiculous video about Ottawa. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and clearly, you know, listening to that, that, that story, clearly you're not shy. Clearly um, you're, <laughs> you know, you're willing to jump out there, but you also said it's a little bit, you know, terrifying. I, I wonder yeah. too, like, has that changed at all when you get up on stage to now talk about, you know, throw infosec at people and how it breaks your heart or it makes you cry because yeah. vulnerabilities are still out there. Is that still terrifying or, you know, what would you say to also people that want to be on stage like you do? Okay, so last night I gave a cloud security workshop and I am an AppSec developer. That's my background. Mm-hmm. And I'm just getting into cloud security and tons and tons and tons of people join my OWASP chapter just to come to this event, like brand new people where they're like, I just want to learn about cloud security. And I was so nervous and I was really worried about it. And I was like obsessive over it for the past few weeks. And I got one of my colleagues from Microsoft to come and like back me up and he was great. And I was really, really, really nervous about it. And it went pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) There's a ringing endorsement. (laughs) So basically uh, one thing, the first time you do a talk is going to be the worst time you do it, but people still liked it and thanked me for it. And I got one question wrong to be quite honest, like someone asked a question and my colleague was like, actually, I'm like, thanks, Pierre. (laughs) I'd rather have the right answer go out than like, I don't, yeah. It's really bad to give people the wrong answers. And I managed to get through like most of the exercises with everyone and we had like a group discussion about, you know, what does cloud native mean and all these things. And I was really nervous, but it was awesome. And then I've taken all these notes of how to make it better. So the second time I do it, I will be less nervous. And by the time it's like the fifth time, I'll be like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and I guess the key lesson is, is that you might be nervous, but the audience really wants to enjoy whatever you're doing. So they are on your side, right? Like 
even when we're having trouble getting so like I, I got everyone to load up some laboratories and mm -hmm. it turns out because we're all coming from the same IP address and we're all registering for trials and we're all it's like what are 50 people all from one IP address you know what I mean it's like mm. yeah. so it went kind of slow and um but everyone was like great about it and no one was like I'm leaving this is you know not the pace I was hoping for and I asked for feedback and people were like, you know, I like this and like more on that would be cool. Or like if we could figure out how to preload the labs, oh my God, I wish I could preload the labs. But it's hard, it's hard. Like it's, it's really weird. Like just the way that it, it works if I'm going to give everyone free access, we have to kind of fudge things. <laughs> <laughs> Our second secret revealed now. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like if you're afraid to speak, like know that all of us up there, sometimes we're afraid to speak. And the key is having a lot of sugar and caffeine. Also <laughs> remembering the audience, they came to have a good time. They came to learn and just show them the things that you think are cool. Tell them about the things that make you interested. Like that's what I do. Like I'm so interested in how cloud security, like the cloud native idea of security, rather than the traditional, like zoning and all of that from a traditional data center, like how it's different. And I'm so obsessed with, so like DevOps is really exciting for me and DevSecOps and the idea of, so like I want to automate everything that's boring. Ah, preach, <laughs> right? so yes, yes. Don't we want to do that? And I'm like, you can automate if like an attack happens to you, you can pre-write a playbook and, and then it just does all the stuff and then tells you. So you don't even like you're on call, but you, you're like, oh, thanks for handling that. So glad I wrote those scripts, like score. And um, I, I find all of that really exciting. So that when I'm telling the audience about it, I seem excited because I actually am. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a giant nerd as we discussed before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. We'll leave that in for after the edit. Yeah. <laughs> I also, because I want to talk, I, I think I probably mumbled more than I should have through that intro of trying to get through DevOps, DevSecOps, but there's also DevSlop, which I wanted to make sure that I pronounced quite slowly and correctly. This is some project that you're working on. Tell us a bit more about what DevSlop is. Um, so I met this really awesome, amazing hacker called Nicole Becker a year ago. And um, she really likes writing insecure web apps to learn from. So she wrote an insecure API and all of this stuff. And, and, and we met and we like instantly, our friendship was on fire. Like we just clicked. And she's like, dude, want to start an OWASP project with me? I'm like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at dude. <laughs> Um, and so uh, I, help, I helped her a bit and then we presented this insecure app um, that's kind of DevOpsy because it, it has microservices and we made this workshop about like just how to crush it. And then I thought, you know, I want to learn all about DevSecOps. So we named our project DevSlop as in sloppy DevOps. And we feel, you know, if you weave security through DevOps, you can still call it DevOps or DevSecOps, wherever you want as long as security's there and so i'm really excited about like making the ultimate devops pipeline <laughs> and and so i'm starting like this little uh twitch tv show like so it's on the internet mm -hmm. and it's free of course everything in oasp is free and her and i and francisca and imran who have joined the project and then a bunch of other people like bandana we're all going to just 
meet up on the internet and invite everyone to join us. And then we're going to implement different cool DevSecOps ideas. So the, fir the first one, it, so we have like a little website, it's devswap.co. It's not .com because of typos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens with an open source project when you have volunteers. It's like, oh, too much sorry. pizza and beer at that meetup, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just going to have like all these different people on that I admire, that I've, I've met, and I think are awesome. And cool. uh, so the first one's going to be like putting a certificate um, in front of my, like I, I want to have HTTPS only on our site. Yep. And then mm -hmm. Franziska is like an, an expert in um, web application firewalls. So she writes the core rule set for the free WAF from oh, OS called awesome. Mod Security. Okay. She's like this crazy brilliant engineer. And she's like, yeah, I can put a WAF in front of your site. I'm like, yeah, let's do it together and show people like, why do you want a WAF? And like, she literally built this stuff, right? So it's going to be a pretty cool episode. And she is insanely shy. She's so shy and she joined our project and she's now done public speaking three or four times and she was amazing. And so I, I hope to have like a lot of people on that are hoping to do public speaking and are kind of afraid because if you're in your living room and you're with me and it's this casual thing and like you're this you're this tiny thing on the screen and the rest of the screen is actually just like what we're doing and we're like in my azure portal or we're like hacking my website or, or we're doing that thing together and we just like have this casual conversation and then we're gonna save them all onto the devslop youtube channel so that you know, everyone can see it who couldn't make it. And hopefully then I, I can say to people when I give a talk, I'm like, you know, if you have a DevSecOps pipeline and you have all of these unit tests, like why not make a negative unit test, right? Like, can it handle gracefully crappy yeah. <laughs> input, right? Can it handle gracefully this? And, uh, and then I can say video here, right? So, so when I tell people about things, I'm like, oh, well, I want to get more in depth because like a lot of my talks are really high level and then my workshops are hands-on, but not every human can come to wherever I am. So mm -hmm. I've, I've learned that I can't actually be everywhere <laughs> by traveling too much over the past six months. <laughs> so I'm going to do things on the internet so everyone can come and play. Awesome. <laughs> so they can find a devslop.co. The Ottawa chapter is the where you're the chapter lead, uh, right? Yeah, there's four, yeah, so. four chapter leaders, Sharif, Paul, and Garth. And then we have 10 volunteers. Like, we're spoiled and wonderful helpers and humans. That's great. Any other resources that you want to uh, mention so that people can come find the projects you're working on or people you're working with, or blogs for that matter? So if you look up She Hacks Purple and then Medium, I'm on there. Or if you go on Twitter, I'm She Hacks Purple there. I am Tanya Jenka on LinkedIn. And I actually, I know most people don't do this, but I just share tons of stuff on LinkedIn. And that seems to be the place where I get the most conversations going and like big, like 500 comments types discussions on things. So you can follow me there. Um, I'm trying to think of, of other things, but like mostly just uh, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and the blog. I just plan to release all of my talks in a series of blog posts. So right now, um, this talk called Pushing Left Like a Boss, I've released like the first three 
sets like in the series, but I'm basically like deep diving and giving like specific examples and technical links so you can actually go do the thing that I talk about. So rather than me telling you like, so this is what a vulnerability assessment is in like mm. two minutes that I have on stage to talk about it. I'm like, no, no, let's, let's like dig in. I'm going to write a whole episode on it and link videos and just, cause um, I want people to go be able to do the things. I want everyone to feel like security is not impossible. I can tell, look, Tanya did it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to show people like you can do this. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know if that's the best way to end, but we are going to start <laughs> having to haggle because we're getting close to our, our time limit here. So maybe in the next seven and a half seconds, you can <laughs> become OWASP experts in some way. I'm not sure. Please join your local OWASP chapter. It's, it's, it's free to just go to OWASP events. You don't need to be a paid member. Just join in your community and OWASP is a great place to start. And if you are scared to try public speaking, you can do um, something called a lightning talk, which is like five to 15 minutes. So you, you could do a five minute talk on a cool new thing you learned. Like, I wanna give you a five minute lowdown on what Spectre is and why it's terrifying. And the OWASP chapter will just let you go first so you can get it over with and all your scaredness mm -hmm. is over. And <laughs> we really encourage first time speakers cause we'll never have seasoned awesome speakers like you if they don't start somewhere, right? And I started at OWASP. So thanks so much for having me on your awesome podcast. This has been great, Mike. <laughs> thanks, Tanya. That's fantastic. And um, we'll, we'll make sure um, when we post this, we'll make sure to include links to all of your projects and uh, we'll see how many people we can get to come to um, Ottawa so that the tourist board can be happy <laughs> with all of the, the effort and, and the, your international diplomacy that you've been conducting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Maple candies awesome. for everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>